0: Everyone and welcome to this episode of the Insatiable Appetite. I'm Robert Hashizim, senior analyst within Syndicated Studies at the Hartman Group, and it is my pleasure to do this podcast with my colleague and senior analyst and first time joining this podcast, Jeff Nielsen. Thank you for joining me, Jeff.
1: Hi, Robert. Thank uh, thank you very much for the warm welcome, and yeah, it's, uh, I'm really excited to do this podcast with you. It was it was nice that we were able to recently visit uh, sort of a leading beverage manufacturer in the Pacific Northwest and excited to talk about it a little bit.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, Jeff, we're going to chat about our recent field trip, like you mentioned. We like to call them Treks here at the Hartman Group. We're going to chat about our Trek to our friends at Talking Rain headquarters and plant operations in Preston, Washington, which is located about 15 minutes away from our offices. So, Talking Rain manufactures and bottles sparkling in still waters and have been in operation since 1987. So, we were guests of Talking Rain, and they don't offer tours to the public, but granted us a tour given that they sit at the intersection of our latest syndicated research topics, both modern beverage culture and sustainability. So, I would like to thank the fine folks at Talking Rain for allowing us the opportunity to visit their operations. So here's some background on our treks. We do these treks four times a year and we've been trekking since 2013 with Talking Rain being our 36th trek overall. So one of our goals with these treks is to get the folks here at Hartman a way to you know learn about the world of food and beverages around the area various locations and to have experiences we cannot have while we're working on our laptops, on our phones, in our offices. So in the past couple of years, we have visited 21 Acres, which is a center of sustainable agriculture education to learn more about, you know, regenerative agriculture and environmental issues. We have toured Theo Chocolate Factory in Seattle, and we volunteer our time at Food Lifeline and learned learned more about food insecurity, which we discussed in podcast number 146. So, Jeff, you've been a regular on these treks, right? So how many have you been on and why do you like to participate on these treks?
1: Yeah, I, I guess uh, I think I've been on um, the four most recent ones, Robert, and, and it's really nice for us to sort of um, have an opportunity to get not only get out of the office uh, and get a little break from, you know, sort of our regular day to day, but also um, to go out and, and see uh, sort of the inner workings of of um, leading companies in the food and beverage space. And I remember we had a recent trek to, um, as you mentioned, the Theo's Chocolates, and, and that was really sort of. Interactive and you know I love chocolate. Who doesn't? And so that was that was yep. fun to uh, <laughs> that was fun to sort of you know try all the different uh, you know we got to sample a lot of the different products they have and that was uh, that was really enjoyable and and then we also recently went to a Food Lifeline um, and that was not that was kind of hands on for us. We were we were able to sort of help in the you know their production line and learn a lot about the sort of challenges they face there and. I seem to remember we sorted about I think it was around seventeen thousand pounds of oranges that day that were shipped off to 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 local food banks. And um so that was a great experience for us as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those uh those treks were very memorable. And our recent uh, visit to Talking Rain was certainly one of my favorites, especially since many of the learnings there applied so well with our two recent reports on beverages and sustainability, which we just released, hot off the presses, our Sustainability 2023 report titled "Making Things Personal." So our sustainability report is one of our, you know, signature reports and best-selling reports here at the Hartman Group where we've been reporting on all issues of sustainability and the environment trending since 2007. So some of the key findings of sustainability that we covered in this report are consumers are especially concerned about plastic waste, recycling, water quality, and employee welfare. So in our report, we got some stats here and we found that 96%, 96%, that's a lot of consumers, are aware of plastics in the oceans and another 78% are concerned about single-use plastic use. So that's like plastic bottles, water bottles, stuff like that. So so many consumers are avoiding products with excessive or single-use packaging. In addition, we found that 60% of consumers are avid recyclers, you know, putting the bottles in the green bins and paper recycling and I'll be there on a weekly basis. So, so Jeff, Talking Rain had overall revenue of $1 billion in 2022. So that is, that is a lot of plastic bottles to use. So what did we learn about their waste management and recycling programs at Talking Rain?
1: Yeah, Robert, When we I remember when we were on the tour, the, our, our guides that day, they, they spoke a lot about this topic it was sort of a major focus. And, and, um, and Talking Rain is, is sort of taking, or has taken a lot of steps um to sort of be progressive in in this regard they um one of the things that they did is they've uh recently is they've uh, implemented better packaging design um yeah. part of their packaging reduction projects um that they initiated uh i believe it was in 2022 and 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 just by doing that they've been able to remove a, a significant amount of of sort of uh plastic from every bottle that they produce at their plant wow. and And I I seem to remember uh, um, over 200 metric tons of of plastic consumption was reduced uh, from this. Um, And and this sort of cascades down as well. So by making these changes, they were able to uh, reduce uh, 16 semi-trucks were sort of taken off the roads each year. And that removes, uh, you know, a lot of pallets from the trucks and, and saves a ton of carbon emissions from um, from reduced uh, use, uh, they were also able to to save over 900 metric tons of cardboard uh, from, by removing a, a tray that was in the sparkling ice uh, 24 pack. Um, and this is sort of, sort of important. And as you know from our, our our recent sustainability report, we've done at the Hartman Group um we found that 84 percent of all consumers want companies uh, to take a lead or take the initiative in developing more sustainable packaging solutions um yeah remember talking rain also mentioned that they had saved uh a hundred thousand pounds of plastic waste by transitioning to thinner Mm -hmm. labels um, as well as saving um a considerable amount of, of glue by using like sort of less adhesive on the labels. so um, so I remember just sort of a major discussion that day, Robert, on the tour was just all the steps that they are, they are taking, uh, to create more, uh, sort of uh, basically to sort of, uh, reduce their packaging.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, some of the other me- measures they've, uh, they sort of implemented and, and had mentioned to, to us was. Um, they had updated all their sparkling ice packaging uh, to, to educate their consumers on how to recycle. This is sort of important because, um, you know, a lot of people sometimes do have questions about, you know, can I uh, recycle this product or not? There's sometimes some, some confusion, as we as we know from, from our research at the Hartman Group, that there is some confusion over recycling sometimes. And um, so they're taking steps uh, to sort of educate consumers as well. Um, they're also committing 25%. They're uh, a direct-to-consumer communications to drive awareness of of recyclability of their packaging and how to properly recycle um, their products. Uh, They also have an initiative that's called Every Bottle Back, um, which sort of promotes making sure that all bottles are recycled properly so they can use the plastic again. And again, from our recent sustainability report, we found that 60% of consumers, they want their packaging to be recyclable
0: yeah that's those are great uh, efforts that talking rain is doing so um that's great that talking rain is addressing plastic waste so that fewer bottles end up on our oceans and beaches and so i know that consumers feel recycling is one area where they actually do have control on their sustainability actions you know they could sort their bottles and and send them to the re- send them off for recycling whereas they feel more overwhelmed with these huge global, complex issues such as record drought, like the record heat in Phoenix this year, and the huge wildfires and smoke in in the urban areas this year and the, the huge wildfire in Lahaina, Maui, Hawaii, and and massive flooding these days. So they feel much more overwhelmed with these global issues. So but and then how about the um with their carbon emissions, uh, since in our report, climate change is the most important issue to address.
1: Yeah, yeah. Again, um, from our, just going back to our, our tour there, Robert, <laughs> um, or our Trek, you know, Trek as we call it, um, yeah. talking to to mention that they dedicate a fair amount of their resources to sort of carbon balancing efforts and working with an organization called TerraPath. Um, and through that, they funded over 65,000 uh, metric tons of verified carbon offsets uh, to date, and I guess TerraPass is uh, sort of a, a company that has a, a portfolio of carbon reduction projects in, from, that are in, based in the United States, and they include wind energy, um, farm methane uh, digesters, or, or sort of farm power, and, um, and clean energy projects, and so that funding uh, goes towards um, to these carbon reduction projects
0: wow interesting yeah so so how about um water quality and management since talking rain their entire product line consists of sparkling and still water so on the truck it was interesting how they mentioned um that they source their water from a well and do not have to use the chlorine uh there's no chlorine in it like that found in municipal water sources so they go through a multi-step UV purification process to ensure consumer safety before the water ends up in their bottles. So, so what is uh what else is Talking Ring doing to ensure water is is managed sustainably?
1: Right. Yeah. Remember, I um, mentioned on the track that that Talking Ring um, they they sort of describe their process of, of sourcing their uh, water uh, from nearby uh, Preston. Um, sort of a, the I guess you'd call it at the steps of the, the Cascade Mountains there. And since you know, water is so important in their production line there, you know, they have to be very proactive in ensuring that their water quality is sort of uh, is managed properly and is of the best quality. And they, they go to great efforts to do that. Um, they also implemented some water reduction efforts had uh, resulted in, in saving a considerable amount of, I think it was around 250,000 gallons of water uh, that they had done. Uh, and that was sort of a, a, a big step that they had taken recently that they they mentioned when we were on the trek. Um, they also partner with the Water Boys Initiative, uh, which is f- focused on providing clean and accessible drinking water uh, to communities in, in need. Um, and through that partnership, they've um Talking Rain's been pledging to donate uh 20 cents for every Talking Rain um 12-pack case purchased in twenty twenty three uh, to, to support charity.
0: Well, yeah, that's great. They're supporting the water quality charities. So, um, and, uh, furthermore, we spoke with a number of their employees on the tour. And they seem to really care about safety and employee welfare. So what did we learn about this topic since, again, in our report, labor and employee welfare is an important touchstone in social justice causes for consumers. So, for example, we found that about 40% of consumers consider safe working conditions for employees a high priority when shopping for food and beverages.
1: Yeah, yeah. The the tour guides on our trip they were they, they really talked a lot about sort of employee safety and welfare. And um, you, you know, for that day we went, uh, you know, from their production line from everywhere from the front offices all the way to to sort of seeing the you know the product moving out onto the trucks and. Um, and definitely, you know, the many steps in the production line there, there are some, some areas where you could definitely see that there could be some accidents. So they were, uh, they were sort of proud of the fact that they had been quite kind of accident free for some time. Um, we saw one area, which where which was sort of one part of the long production line, Robert, that required some really heavy lifting where they had recently invested in some, some robotics to sort of handle. Um, the Sparkling Ice uh, variety pack production or, or move the robots who sort of pick up uh, and place the bottles on this conveyor belt, um, some sort of really heavy lift lifting that apparently, you know, it took around nine workers before to sort of do that. And, you know, I'm just maybe speculating a little bit, but that would definitely be a, an area where you could see some workplace accidents potentially happening. So I thought that was very, uh, very interesting and probably a great way that they've reduced some... in. in Sort of injury risks on site there um, yeah they're they also um um uh, sorry just lost my train of thought for a moment but um mm-hmm. yeah they all, they all talk to me also sort of saw a fit to sort of invest um a little bit um in, in other areas as well and i just remember this was sort of one of the talking points there that they're they're sort of constantly investing in in little ways to to sort of improve worker safety and improve efficiency and and seem to be a very important sort of piece for them um on the trip
0: yeah that's great because consumers believe employee welfare is important so um so jeff let's change the topic a bit and uh let's discuss another report we released this year and that is the modern beverage culture report Uh, We released that in June. And by the way, you remember at the end of our plant tour, our CEO, Lori Demerit, presented the report to their team in person. So one of the key findings from our beverage report was that 71% of consumers carry a drink with them at all times. I mean, even right now on my desk, I have a cup of water and, and, uh, and these drinks are always accessible. So that's the popularity of Talking Rain beverages
1: yeah yeah that's right I think I think we we all probably have everyday experiences where we notice that that yeah as, um, people definitely uh have to carry drinks with them and 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 uh you know we need to hydrate every day and and um, mm-hmm.
0: um
1: so yeah um yeah as as you mentioned robert the the sort of need state uh, model from from some of our recent research with the Hartman group you know we sort of identified these six need states that um, that sort of consumers have they they go their taste, uh, hydration, nutrition, experience, uh, energy, and pairing, and and that sort of captures the range of reasons um, behind beverage consumption. Um, and I see that our you know our need state model applies to the Talking rain portfolio of sparkling and, and still waters uh, very well. Um, uh, their line of sparkling waters, um, uh, and and. 9.5 plus pH water meets the needs taste of, of of hydration or quenching thirst, um, and, as well as nutrition with their added electrolytes and then their sparkling ice and and caffeine products, which which I found uh, very interesting um, has the boost of energy and this aligns uh, with sort of the need state of of energy.
0: Yeah, I remember tasting. We were able to taste uh, some of their drinks in their in their lab, which we could talk about now. Um, So during our our trek, the final destination consisted of their ICE lab, where we learned where they came up with all their flavors, such as grape, raspberry, and their festive and seasonal offerings.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that was sort of fascinating, where we we got to go into the the ICE labs and, and see their um, see, see what they were sort of working on. And there was, a, you know, they're a little bit secretive. If you remember, Robert, we, we did, yep. you know, we weren't able to get into too many details and I totally understand that. And, uh, but at the same time, it was, it was great to sort of see the lab, see where they test out the latest uh, new flavors and ingredients and, that they use in their new beverages. And and we were able to speak with a few of the scientists and, and learn a little bit about the sort of, you know, the flavor creation process in more detail and and that, and that was fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. One one thing I, I I sort of took away from that was uh, we learned about their their sort of dedicated switch that they've made to using more, like more natural resources or, or more natural sort of sources of uh, of coloring in their products and I found that very interesting. Yeah. Um. We also heard um uh, or Talking Rain that heard from their consumers about the sort of preference for natural ingredients or more natural ingredients that they've been sort of uh, developing products uh, with that in mind. Um, our, our beverage re- recent beverage report um, that we did at the Hartman Group, again, it also confirms that about half of all consumers uh, uh, prefer or want to, to only have sort of simple and recognizable ingredients in their beverages with no artificial flavors and colors. So they're, they're sort of appealing to the large segment of, of, of consumers as well by doing that. Um, and I really enjoyed sampling some of their latest creations. In particular, I like the... Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a big coffee drinker, Robert. So I really enjoyed their caffeinated um, uh, beverages because I, I found them to be very refreshing, and then also gave me that little bit of a a caffeine hit that I I sometimes need in during a day. So I really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, that that caffeine drink definitely hit the need state for energy. Um, I was feeling more energetic after that tour. So, so yeah, that was a a fun part of the tour. It was a great tour overall at Talking Rain, but. I recognize that we're at the end of this podcast. So thank you once again, Jeff, for joining me on this podcast.
1: Oh, my pleasure, Robert. Thanks very much uh, for inviting me. It was great to talk to you about our experience at Talking Rain and, and how uh, the Hartman Group supports and, and research really ties into, into what, they're, um, what they're doing over at Talking Rain. So thank yep. you very much.
0: Yep, absolutely. And thank you, listeners. And we'll talk to you again on the next episode of Insatiable Appetite.